Welcome to CE Online. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. So excited about today's service. We believe that today could be the best and most impacting hour of the week. Throughout the service, you may have some questions, comments, prayer requests. Go to churchexperience.tv forward slash connect or pull up the camera app and just hit the QR code um, so we can connect with you. If you always want to know what's going on here at CE, like I do, just hit the subscribe button. Now we'd love to hear from you, get back to you, and pray for you. We are ready to dive in. Would you stand with me as we sing some songs for worship to Jesus?
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the peace that you bring us every single day, Lord. It's our worship to you that we just praise you. We ask that your peace just wash, wash over us, Lord. Amidst everything that's going on in this world, Lord, bring us peace. Let us stand firm knowing that, Lord, it's all in your hands. You already have a plan. You know what it is, is to come, Lord, and you already know, Father God, and we just thank you for that. We find peace in that and knowing, Lord, that you have it handled, God. Father God, we pray that our hearts to be open to listen to your message, Lord. Speak into our lives. Speak into our hearts. We worship you today. We thank you every single day, Lord. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Welcome to our new Miracles teaching series. We are so happy you're here today because we are believing that God's gonna show up in your life in a powerful way. And, and that's our prayers, your pastors and leaders. And we're hoping that God does miraculous things in your family and in your life and in our cities throughout this teaching series. We really wanna see God show up in a special way. And maybe it's not a new miracle that you're gonna see. Maybe it's identifying the miracles that God has already been doing in your life. And as you look in the rearview mirror of your life, can you identify some of the miracles that God's already done? Now, I certainly can as I look back. In fact, I'll begin with one that happened in our family. We were one time on a, a long road trip and it was one of these road trips, you know how it is, like you cannot wait to get out of the vehicle because you've been traveling so long and, and we couldn't wait to stop. And so we finally pulled into a McDonald's. We're gonna take our kids in and get a little bit of food. And, and I, I pulled into the, the parking space and all the kids simultaneously are ready to get out. And, and we're at like six years old at the time, four years old, two years old, and baby in a car seat. All right, and so I, I'm getting ready to unbuckle the baby in the car seat when I open the door and my four-year-old son, Kylan, gets out and, and I'm kind of trying to keep an eye on him while I'm also unbuckling the baby in the car seat. And for some reason, he sees the golden arches and decides to take off sprinting towards McDonald's, like out of nowhere. Usually he'll stay, hang out by my, by my leg, and, but he decides just to run across the parking lot to McDonald's. And he bolts off toward the restaurant at the same time the sports car comes flying through the McDonald's parking lot. And it was crazy. I look up just in time to see my son hit the brakes and he stops on a dime. And I don't know why, because he was at a dead sprint and I didn't even see him fast enough to say, hey, son, stop. Nothing, like he just stopped, like instantly hit the brakes. And this car saw him way too late and flew by through the parking lot. And as they got around the corner, they realized that they almost ran this kid over and they hit the brakes and, and they sat there for like five minutes in this parking lot, just looking back head hanging low, like, wow, I almost just killed a kid. And, and my heart was beating so fast. I mean, my, 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 my gut inside, I was torn up. I just, I couldn't believe my son literally almost just died. 
And it was not intentional on anyone's part. They should not have been flying through the parking lot. I should have had a closer eye on my son, but it just kind of happened. It was one of those moments. But when I look back on that, I think that was absolutely a miracle. Like, I, don't, I still to this day don't know why he stopped. He's a four-year-old in a dead sprint to McDonald's about to cross his parking lot. And out of nowhere, he just stops. And I'm serious, like inches or a foot at the most away from where these tire tracks would have run him over and ended his life. And I just look back on that. I think that was, that was the supernatural invading the natural. And how do you define a miracle? For me, it's, it's when, when the divine hand of God intercedes and, and gets involved in our ordinary natural lives and they become supernatural. Like God does something to protect us, to transform us. An irreconcilable difference is somehow healed and restored. Someone's forgiven by God of their sins or from another person. Like a relationship is renewed and restored. Like there's a new work in your life or God answers a prayer you've been praying for a long time, gets you freed up from something you've been stuck in. I mean, there's so many examples of how God does miracles all the time. And certainly with everything that's been going on in Ukraine, we're all praying, of course, for those in harm's way. But we, we look and we think about how God's hand has divinely and miraculously protected us so many times that we're not even aware of. I mean, we live in a world where there's, nuclear weapons and armies and all kinds of ways that things could have gone wrong in your life. And yet you're still here to hear this message today. That's a miracle. I mean, in fact, the gift of life itself is a miracle from God. And you know, I think when we we talk about miracles, a lot of us think of the epic stories in the Bible, which are amazing. The stories where God parted the sea or maybe when Jesus told Lazarus to come forth from the tomb and he came back to life. I mean, we tend to think of those amazing historic epic miracles in the Bible. But in such a significant way, God is doing miracles all around us all the time, just like the wind is constantly blowing. God's work is always happening around us and he wants it to be happening inside of us too. Perhaps the greatest miracle is what he wants to do inside you. And that's that's what we're hungry for in this teaching series. Because when God reveals himself through his miraculous work, we can learn so much about him. We can see him do so much in our lives. And, and so today we're gonna go ahead and look at a, a miraculous story that, that happened around Jesus. And it happened in Matthew chapter nine. Perhaps you wanna power on your Bible and open up with us today. We're gonna, we're gonna look at this story about two men who had a great need and Jesus performed a miracle, truly a miracle. In Matthew chapter nine, if you'll look with me beginning in verse 27. God's word says, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, do you you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. It's an amazing story. It's a brief story, but it's a powerful one because these two men had a great need. They, They literally couldn't see. There's a major problem in their life. And they heard that Jesus was a miracle worker, which he is still doing miracles today. And, and they heard about this Jesus that could heal them. And so they followed him and they begged him. They said, Jesus, have, have mercy on us. Son of David, you're in control. You're the king. You, you have the power of God. So please, would you heal us? And, and they begged him to heal them. And I was just thinking about how this whole story took place and how God opened their eyes. And I was thinking, you know, I think that's, really a a part of what God wants to accomplish in this teaching series is to open our eyes to the miracles that he can do 
in the miracles that he is doing and the miracles that he already has done in your life. And if our eyes, kind of like these blind men, could just be open more to God's activity in our life, then I think this whole teaching series would be a success. But I'm also believing that God actually does a miracle in your life. And I don't know what you've been praying for. I don't know what you're desperate for. I don't know what it is that you really need, but God knows. And my hope is that your faith will increase as we talk about miracles. And my hope is that God's work in your life will increase. And his work through your life as you minister to others will be transformational because God is still in the business of doing miracles. And and maybe you've just been missing it. And so I wanna begin with this question. And the question is simply this, what miracles of God have I been missing? Maybe you wanna jot that down and take it into your time alone with God this week. And as you spend some time praying, just saying, God, what is it that I'm missing that you're doing all around me? Because maybe there's something special in my life going on right now that I'm just not aware of. And, and maybe it's like these, these blind men. These blind men, you know, they, they had a, a major problem and, and perhaps you have a problem in your life and, and, that, and that problem that you're looking at and you're saying, this, this is where I have pain. This is where I'm desperate. Perhaps that's the fertile soil for what God's going to do to grow up the next miracle in your life, the next transformation, the next season of growth is gonna come out of that desperation. Well, I wanna look back at this, this story as we're asking what miracles are we missing. I wanna look back at this story in Matthew chapter nine, verse 27. And as you're opening your Bible, I got to tell you this story about my grandfather. He was uh, serving in World War II and um, I've, I've literally read the letter that he wrote to my grandmother, but he wrote a story to her about a true story about one time he was in an abandoned building with a group of men that he was leading and he was reading Psalm 91, which he read every single day faithfully while he was in the war. Just it's a Psalm of God's protection and his divine hand over us. And, and he was reading that Psalm. And as he wrote to my grandma, and I've literally read this letter. It, it just gives me chills reading it. But he said, as I was reading Psalm, Psalm 91, like I do every day, he said, I just felt this sense come over the me that, that I was to take my men and move on from that place. They were kind of holed up in this, this abandoned building and, and he just felt like God was prompting him to move on. He's a godly guy and he just felt God leading him. And so he said, hey guys, get your stuff together. We're moving out. And so they left that abandoned building. And he said they got 500 to 1,000 feet away from that abandoned building when a shell of the enemy hit that building, completely destroying it. That's a miracle. I don't know what you think about that, but I, I cannot see that as a coincidence. I know that that was God's hand saving him, and which eventually saved my dad and saved me. You know, God, God's at work in our lives, and, and those amazing stories, those miraculous stories, they get our attention. And sure, it got my attention when I read it. I was like, that is unbelievable. <laughs> I want God to do some things like that in my life and whisper into my ear. But I wonder how many times we miss, we miss the plea of God because we're so focused on our pain as men men and women. You know, this story began with the blind men and they weren't the only two blind men in that community and in that culture, but, but their pain was great because they, they couldn't see, they couldn't do what everyone else got to do and it was a big problem in their life. But instead of focusing just on the problem and, and just on the pain in their life, they decided to focus instead on the God who could have a solution for them. And they, they tracked Jesus down and they said, Jesus, please heal us. And, and I like this verse in Matthew chapter nine, Specifically, we just read earlier, verse 27, where it says, as, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. Now, if, if you're calling out for something, that means 
you really are, are, you have intense emotion, you're desperate, you, you're looking for answers. And, and maybe you found yourself calling out recently. If not now, maybe, maybe tomorrow. But when we have big needs that are heavy on our hearts and big burdens that are weighty on our shoulders, we, we tend to get in that same position of desperation, just crying out and say, God, please help. And, and sometimes it's the pain that actually precedes the miracle. Sometimes it's the problem in your life, the thing you can't figure out, the thing that's frustrating you, the dead end road, the, the thing that's been broken in your life perhaps for a long time. Sometimes it's out of that context that God actually produces the miracle. And here it says that they, they had a major problem that they couldn't fix. They, they couldn't bring their own sight back. And sometimes it's not until you get to the place where you acknowledge before God, I can't fix this in my own power. It's not until you get to that place Sometimes we call that hitting rock bottom. Sometimes that's a realization. That I can't fix this. I've been trying. I, I, I'm, I can't do it in my own power. I need a higher power. I need God's help. And when you get to that place, when you say, I can't do it on my own. I can't fix it. I have a big problem. It's in that moment that your heart is most ready to receive a miracle from God. And, and here's the lesson. And that miracles are usually preceded by pain or problems. Usually, I mean, if you study throughout the Bible, like so many times, I and mean, we, we mentioned earlier that when God parting the sea, such a drastic miracle when he literally parted the Red Sea, it was because the nation of Israel was being pursued by their enemy, the Egyptians. And, and they saw nowhere to go, nowhere to run, no escape. And, and so they cried out to God, you know, we're gonna die. But it was in that moment where they had no way of escape that God provided the miracle. And I look back on my life and so many times when I've cried out to God for help and I saw God provi provide, like days, weeks, months before the provision, I was in, I was in a, a tough spot. The, the problem was intense. And I was like, God, I, I, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna survive this. And it was right on the other side of that that I saw God's hand. And when I look back, I'm thankful even for the problem because if it wasn't for the problem, I wouldn't have seen my provider so clearly. But now I can worship my provider because of the problems. And so don't curse the problems. It's not the problems that, or the enemy, the problem sometimes can be a setup. You know, they, they say that the breakdown can be a setup for the breakthrough. And wherever things are breaking down in your life right now, I wanna encourage you to bring that to God in prayer and say, God, I'm, I'm hungry for a miracle. God, I need you to break through in, in my life. And sometimes the promotion in our life follows the problems. You know, there's, there's a problem that leads to a prayer that leads to God's hand divinely getting involved, the miracle that happens, God's answer to prayer that leads to the promotion, the better situation. And so sometimes the problem in your life could be like a breadcrumb from God, pointing you to his hand where he wants to be at work in your life. And so what, what problems are you experiencing right now? What pain is in your heart, in your life right now? Have you brought it to God and said, God, I'm open to the miracle you wanna do. I don't need to control it. I don't need to tell you how to do it but I'm just hungry for you to work, God, because right now what, what's happening in my life is not working. So God, I'm surrendering to you and I'm just asking you to work. It's, it's, it's in, it's in that, that heart that we bring to God that God is able to do such powerful works in our life. My kids uh, are fun stages right now. Um, they're a little bit older from when the first story I told you about my son almost dying in that parking lot. Now my, my oldest two, um, they're 14 and 12 and my youngest, my daughters, they're, 
they're eight and 10. And it's so fun, especially for my daughters, because they're kind of at a stage where they're losing some of their, their teeth. They're losing some of their last teeth. Their baby teeth are coming out. And so uh, they always come to me and say, Dad, can you pull my tooth out? And it's, it's kind of hurting and it's loose, but, but I don't want to do it myself. Can you pull it out? And I'm like, well, it's going to hurt. And, and it's, it's never like a comfortable thing, but, but somewhere along the way, like with my kids growing up, we, we kind of made it an adventure. <laughs> so like, especially with my boys, like whenever they got to that point where the tooth was loose, like we always try to do something fun. Like one time we, we literally tied a little string around their tooth and one of my kids got in the tree and they jumped out of the tree at the, the other end of the string was tied to the branches. It's like, see if that'll come out. <laughs> one time we tied it to a basketball, tried to shoot a hoop and like just all kinds of fun stuff that we've done. And, and literally my kids, uh, they've gone to Disney a handful of times and, and they've literally lost a tooth between all the kids. They've lost a tooth at all four of the Disney parks, <laughs> like literally every one of them. So it's just kind of fun. They always try to make an adventure of it. And, and one time I, I caught this um, on video and, and I shared it. And so you probably haven't seen this, but I want to share this with you right now. It's, it's one time when, when, when my uh, second oldest son had a loose tooth and we tied it to a Nerf gun. So, so check this out. So we have Kylan's loose tooth attached to our dart gun, <laughs> and Jalen's gonna shoot it, and hopefully the tooth will launch out of his mouth. You guys ready for this? Yeah. All right, go for it, buddy. Did that happen? I heard something fall. Hey, it worked! It worked! Yes! Come out! Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, high five, man. That was great. Good job. Yeah. How you feel? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. It brings back such great memories. And, and maybe you have some of your own like that. But if, if you think about a young child losing their tooth, there is a little bit of pain in pulling that thing out. But it's not until you pull out the old tooth that the gum can heal and the new tooth can grow in. See, it's, it's sometimes the, the pain actually precedes the growth, the progress, the new things that God wants to bring in your life. Sometimes the old has to be pulled out. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's not comfortable. It's not easy. But sometimes to mature to the next season of life, we have to go through the pain of letting go of some things in our past. And just like a young child has to go through a little bit of pain to mature to the next season of their life, you might have to go through some pain for God to mature you to the next season of strength in your life. And so I'm wondering what pain might be hiding and concealing the miracle that God is wanting to freshly do in your life. I'm wondering what miracle might be hidden under the surface of the hurt in your life right now. And until you forgive, until you let it go, until you give God another chance, until you step into faith and say, God, all right, I've given up on this, but I'm gonna recommit myself. I'm gonna take that next step. It's not until that moment of faith that you see that miracle emerge from the ashes. And so what miracle is it that you're hungry for? What area in your life are you experiencing a problem like those two blind men? And you're saying, God, I need you to open my eyes to see how you want to work, even when I don't understand why things are not working. My belief is that as you surrender to God and allow him, to work even in the pain in your life, you will see miracles. Let's look back at the story in Matthew chapter nine, verse 28. I love how this story 
progresses because it begins with such a need, but then it goes to such a beautiful place. They meet Jesus, and in verse 28, it says, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And so this, this precedes the, the actual miracle itself, but he says, do you believe that I'm capable of doing it? It's a question of faith. Do you believe that I can actually do this, that I can actually bring the healing that you want? And I'm just wondering if perhaps the miracle that we're missing in our lives might be because we've given up faith. Maybe it's because we're not so sure we believe God can do it. And God is saying, I, I can actually do more than you can possibly imagine, but, but maybe some of us have actually not given God a chance to do the miracle that he wants to do because we haven't been able to say yes to the question he asked those blind men. I find it interesting that, that Jesus, before he did the miracle, before he healed them and opened their eyes, he said, do you believe it's possible? See, before they could see with their human eyes, he wanted to know if they had the eyes of faith. If, if they could believe in their heart, if they could see Jesus doing the work that they were asking for. He wanted to know if they had vision before they had sight. And God wants to open your eyes to what he wants to do in your life, but he's gonna wait until you have faith to believe. Because until you have faith to trust him for the miracle, you're still trying to accomplish it in your own power. And you know who's gonna get the glory and credit if you don't have faith before the miracle? It's not gonna be God. You're not gonna point to him. You're gonna point to yourself or your situation, your circumstances. But when he knows that your eyes are fully on him, even in their case, when they had no sight, he wanted to know that their vision was on him and for him and they trusted him. And they're saying, Jesus, we believe that you can heal us, that you have the power. We believe, Jesus, that you are our only hope. And once he had him right there and, and he knew that they believed in him, then he was freed up to answer their prayer. And that's when the miracle happened. And it's amazing that he did go on and open their eyes and I was just kind of thinking about how God so often exceeds our expectations when we have faith. We have faith. There was a time when, when we were really hard pressed and our first son was being born. We were actually, uh, Jen was 20 weeks pregnant. We're so excited. It was our first son, Jalen, and our first kid. And we're just, we're so ecstatic. In fact, we're planning a, a weekend getaway. We're driving to, to Denver from where we lived at the time in South Dakota. And we were going to go down a six hour drive for a, a, just a little weekend getaway. And we had a couple days off and we couldn't wait, and so we stopped into her OBGYN doctor before we headed out of town just to make sure everything's good, and they did their tests that they periodically do to make sure everything's growing right and the baby's good, and, and, and so we were waiting in this waiting room. Couldn't wait to get the okay just to leave and go get out of town, and, and, and the doctor came in, but this time, instead of like excitement about this new baby, there was concern all over her face, and we're like, what's going on? Just tell us, and she said, well, unfortunately, at 20 weeks, your body is is." preparing to have this baby what should be happening at 40 weeks is starting to happen out 20 weeks and this is not good because if you have the baby now this premature there's a low chance that it will survive and if it does survive it's going to have major problems it might not have sight it might have all kinds of other um, issues and so this this is a big deal and so unfortunately you're not going to denver <laughs> this weekend in fact you're not going anywhere jennifer you're going on bed rest for the next few months to make sure that this baby's okay. And, and it just, as, as 20-somethings, we're just like blown away, like, what is going on? And we called our parents, and we got her home and got her situated, and, and that's where she was. I mean, didn't finish the school year that she was teaching. I mean, didn't, nothing. I mean, it was like right to the couch and, and was there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and we just start praying, like, God, like, please save this baby. And we're, we're desperate. We're praying, like, we know the doctor is saying, like, 
your body's like ready to give birth, but, but we're saying, God, hold back this baby. Hold back this baby. God, just give us a few more weeks because if we can get to 30 weeks and we can get to 34 weeks to 38 weeks and we know all the chances go up. And so we're just praying every week and we had hundreds of people praying for us. Like pray that this baby just waits. It just, this baby just stays. And then Jen's body just stays like it is, that, like, that it doesn't progress any further. I mean, we prayed so hard on that one thing just over and over again and, and all the way up to 38 weeks and, and a big sigh of relief. It's like, okay, the baby can come. You guys can stop praying now. Like we're ready and 39 weeks and 40 weeks. And we passed the due date. Like it was amazing. Like we thought maybe this baby was gonna come at 20 and we went way past the due date of 40. And, and we're like telling all our family, all right, switch your prayers. Now pray that the baby comes because we need this baby. And so finally Jen's water broke in the middle of the night and we got her in the car and we're driving like crazy to the hospital. I literally almost hit a deer. You ask Jennifer, she'll tell this story. It's hilarious. Like there's a, there's a buck actually crossing the road early in the morning. <laughs> I almost hit it. Veered around, missed the deer, got to the hospital, got her in there in times to have this beautiful little baby. And they put Jalen in my arms and I'll never forget that feeling. I mean, I just, the tears of joy just start streaming down my face. It's like, this is my son. Stay there a few days in the hospital and, and learn how to change a diaper and all that stuff. And, and, and then they're like, all right, you can go. I'm thinking, I'm not ready to go. Like, you guys aren't gonna come with us. Like, do you wanna, you wanna give me some directions? Like, is there an instruction manual? Like, I don't care if you wanna send some security cameras home with me and make sure I'm doing it right. It's like, no, they're like, just, just go. You know, and I'll just never forget that. Like, taking him out to the car and putting him in his car seat for the first time and his little bobblehead. It's like, he had no muscles yet. So it's just, like put him in there so gently and I'm driving like two miles an hour down the road, like looking around, like the most paranoid driver you ever see. Like I'm just trying to be careful around every corner, just turning so slow, getting him home. And, and, and you know, it's interesting as I, I look back on it and I, I just, you know, we, we had a prayer. We, we were so desperate and, and there was a need and we prayed into it. And I mean, it was so much, so much a miracle when I, when I look back at it in our family, how God saved him and got us through that, that season of the bed rest. But but not only did he answer our prayer to protect the baby, he exceeded it. Like, it's so strange that like 20 weeks prior to the birth, the doctor's saying, we're not sure we're gonna make it to week 22, 23. I mean, every week is critical. And then he went past the due date. Like he exceeded any expectation. I mean, like it just blew us away. Like, God, that was so amazing that you exceeded what our prayer was. And all these people are praying and you actually got us by, you sustained us every week and you gave us more than what we needed. And it reminds me of this, this verse I just so love in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You may be familiar to you, but it never gets old to me. It says, not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Immeasurably more. I believe that's what God wants to do in your life. Immeasurably more than you can possibly imagine. And there's a certain level of faith that we all carry from day to day of what we think God can do and what we believe God will do. But it's just so eye-opening to me. It opens my eyes and expands my vision to think about how whatever that realm of safe faith is for me, God wants to do immeasurably more than that in my life. He wants to change my life more than what I'm imagining. Give me a deeper and broader peace and hope than I can possibly comprehend. He wants to provide and protect and restore and heal and do all kinds of miracles in your life beyond what you can imagine. Immeasurably more, means you can't count it, means you can't measure it, it's immeasurably more. And that's the kind of faith God wants us to carry. And when you live with that kind of faith, it's amazing what miracles can happen. Here's the lesson, miracles are initiated by prayer and they're activated by faith. They're activated by faith. 
well, I, I'm, I'm hungry for it, Pastor. I would love to see God do more in my life. Well, then, then, then start praying for that miracle and start believing in faith that it's possible. Because once God can open the eyes of your heart in faith and you can start to believe that God can do something new here, that God can restore this marriage that's falling apart, that God can help that child who's wandered away come back to Christ and not just come home and just barely safely slide in at the last moment, but he can actually live for him and, and she can actually be dedicated to him with everything that she's got and grow. I mean, once you start believing that that miracle is possible, that not only God can provide a job for you, but that he can give you a job that you're passionate about and that provides for your family's needs. Once you start having those eyes of faith, Faith, then you're going to start to see the miracles happen in your life. And it's not just a general belief, like I'm throwing, I'm throwing my, my expectations out into the universe. There was a whole kind of trend that really emerged, and it's not a new thing, but it really became popular in the last couple of decades where it's kind of like I'm speaking this into existence. I'm just kind of, you know, if I say it, if I think it, then it's going to kind of happen. It's just kind of throwing it out into the universe, and it's going to come back into my life. And, and I don't believe in that. I, I believe in believing in someone not just generically believing in something. I'm sure that as you start to think about things more often, you're gonna start to identify and make connections and and make yourself more open in your mind to opportunities that might come. There's certainly some practical realities when you're thinking about something, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a miraculous, wonder-working God God Almighty in heaven that sees your every need and hears your every prayer. And when you cry out to him in a specific faith saying, God, here's my need, We're believing that God actually, from the supernatural to the natural, divinely moves things in our life. So do you have faith to believe that? To say, God, I need you to move in my life. And when you start praying with that kind of desperate prayer, you start seeing God do some amazing miracles in your life. But you have to trust him with the results. Because God is not a genie. He's not a cosmic vending machine where I just give him my three wishes and he delivers exactly what I want into my life. Sometimes the answer to the prayer is actually gonna make your life a little bit more difficult in the short term. Sometimes the answer to prayer is not the timing that you wanted or not the way that you wanted it. But it's a process of learning to trust God that his ways are always higher and his ends are always better than mine. And as I surrender my life more and more to him, I become more and more comfortable with the answers that God delivers, even if they're not the answers that I would have scripted in my own hand, I trust in his hand to guide me, lead me, and sustain me. One more time, let's look back at this passage in Matthew chapter nine, because the ending of this story is for sure the best part of it. So they're asking for this miracle, and he asked them if they have faith to believe, and then verse 29 says, then Jesus touched their eyes, and he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you, and their sight was restored. They could see. Their eyes were open. They could see what you see. It was amazing that he restored their vision, allowed them to see. A miracle had happened. Their eyes were opened. And, and it had a purpose. And God's, God's miracles always have a purpose. Jesus had a purpose in restoring their sight so they could see him and they connect with him. They could be used by him. God, God had a reason. It, it was to, so this story could build our faith some two millennia later. God always has a reason for the miracles that he does in our life. I can take you to the place in my living room where I was desperately praying before God, saying, God, God, we need a building as a church. We're, 
about three and a half years into our ministry from when we started and we began in a living room and now I found myself back in the living room. Now there was a few hundred people a part of the ministry, but, but we needed a building. We were in rented space and we were setting up every week and breaking down and it was a lot of effort and we knew we needed to establish the church by getting into a building. But the problem was in Pinellas County in the west side of Tampa, we're close to the water and it's a, it's a beautiful place, which is why it had been built out and bought out many decades ago before we arrived. And so it's almost impossible to find a building that was open. There was no vacant land. There was nothing that we could afford as a new church. We didn't even have credit anyway. And so it was like, how are we ever going to get into a building? And I remember the spot in my living room so vividly on my knees. In fact, my, my, my mentor, Pastor Kevin Myers, taught me to pray with a prayer sword in hand. And I got a legit medieval sword and I, I pulled it out of the closet and, and I was there on my knee with my prayer sword in hand, like a legit, like full on metal sword. And I, I have this in my hand and I, I'm begging God. I'm saying, God, I'm fighting in prayer. I'm battling in prayer. And I'm asking you, God, please, we need a space. God, give us a building. Now, this was not the first time that I had prayed that prayer. And it wasn't the first time I prayed it with such intensity. But it was something significant felt like was moving in my heart. And I just, I was praying into that and saying, God, I believe that you can do this. And God, we need you to do this. And God, this is for your kingdom. This is your church, God. This was your idea. You called me to this and I'm asking you to provide. And I remember the intensity that I was praying with. And it wasn't long after that, that we got a a connection to a, a church in the Dunedin area that was looking for someone to rent a larger building on their property. And and God was in it and he moved in such a way that we were able to move on to that property and start renting that building for about a year. And in that time, their pastor and I, uh, Pastor Kurt Swan and I got close and we started talking and dreaming together. And we talked about the vision of potentially our churches merging together. And they, they joined church experience and it provided a solution for them. Their church had declined from its, its peak years back and, and they loved seeing all the families and the kids and the church growing and all that that was happening on their property since we had moved in. And, and we of course needed a space and a building and they provided some stability as a group of believers that had been around a long time and added some maturity to this young and new growing church. And and it was just an incredible match that God had orchestrated. Not something I could have planned and even would have even known to go look for. But God was in it. And so we merged together. Literally the months right as the the pandemic began, our churches merged together and, and God provided the building that we had been praying for to answer that prayer. But he provided in such a different way than I had imagined. And he provided in such a better way. Because not only did he give us a building, but God began building a vision. And God gave us a vision for church planting through figuring out how to work with these two services from First Christian Church that joined our two services and church experience. And we're trying to figure out how to how to bring these two ministries together. And, and, it, and it looked different than what I had originally imagined. But as we sorted through the details and we have imagined one church with many experiences, we had named the church a long time ago, but God had carried that vision and put it in our hearts in that season. And he said, this is my vision for this church and one church, many experiences. And so we took that vision and started multiplying and we planted churches and, and God's doing some amazing things. And today I can tell you just even in these, these next few weeks, it's amazing what God's doing. And March 13, we have a, a new church plant starting, church experience, Cape Coral happening about two and a half hours south of us. Pastor John Hinton, they're getting to start. That's their first launch team gathering. They're in that living room stage. And, and then the week after that, March 20, uh, we have a, a grand opening of a building we purchased up north of uh, Butler, uh, north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Butler, Pennsylvania, right down off Main Street, the 12,000 square foot building that we've completely renovated and prepared. We've sent multiple mission trips to, to get this ready for a grand opening to reach that city for Christ. And it's a big grand opening. And we're so excited to see what God does on March 20. And on that day too, we have a new pastor coming to Church Experience Wesley Chapel on the north side of Tampa. And we're so excited for Warren and Jim Blackbeard to arrive and thankful for Brandon and Cassie Hughes and all they've done to plant that church. And just so excited about all the things 
that God's doing, what he's doing in our services here in Dunedin, the momentum we've been feeling, the lives that we've been seeing change. The last two weeks, we've seen three people, both weeks, give their lives to Jesus in the services. It's been amazing to see all the kingdom activity. But I'll bring you back to that spot in the living room where a young church planner is desperate to see God provide a building. And God is saying, I have so much more than a building. I know you need a space, but I have a vision. There's people that need to be reached and lives that need to be changed far beyond what you're thinking. But I brought him the best faith I knew how, and I saw God provide immeasurably more than I could have imagined. And I'm just wondering in your life, what problem, what roadblock, what need you might have that you have yet to bring to God in desperate prayer, saying, God, I need you to break through. God, I'm asking you with everything I have, I need you to break through. Or to the one who has been to that place of prayer and intensity and perseverance, but you've given up because you didn't see the answer you wanted when you wanted it. I'm wondering how many of us could come back to that, that, that sacred moment with just us and God. And how many of us could come back and just get the soil of our heart ready again for another miracle and say, God, do it again. God, do more than what we imagine. God, God, do beyond what I can imagine. And it might look different, but I'm okay with that. I'm just asking you to move because, God, I'm hungry to see miracles in my life. I'm hungry to see you move and see you work. And see, here's, here's the point in all this. Miracles occur for a divine purpose. Miracles occur for a divine purpose. And God has a divine purpose of something he wants to do in your life beyond what you can imagine but he needs you to see it with the eyes of faith before he opens your eyes to actually experience the miracle because he needs you to trust him and he needs you to depend on him because it all depends on you depending on him. Some of us are ready to see God work in our life and and see a new miracle. And so so what do we do? What what do we do is we leave this service and we we go into the week ahead. How, how How can we move closer to the miracles that we wanna see God move in our life in. And, and here's the three things I'll, I'll give you just very quickly and clearly. One, I, I would say, stop asking why God and start asking how God. This has been transformational in my life because we all have problems. We all have things that happen that are they're unexpected or that we wouldn't have chosen. But instead of saying, well, why God? Why did you let this happen? Why did this happen to me? Instead of becoming a victim and say, why me? Start asking how. See, see how is a much better question to why because we're not gonna get all of our why questions answered here on this earth. I can't tell you why God let your loved one pass away prematurely. I can't tell you why he allowed you to have cancer. I can't tell you why you lost your job or your child. But what I can tell you this is that God cares about your brokenness and God cares about your pain. The shortest verse in the Bible probably has the deepest meaning. It says Jesus wept. He weeps for you in your pain. And here's what I would say to you today. Whatever pain you have in your life, if you can move from saying, why God, to how God do you wanna use this? How do you wanna bring miracles out of this? How do you wanna bring good out of this? Because I trust that God, you bring good out of even the worst situations in my life. Once you can mature to the point of asking how, your heart is ready to see some more miracles. The second thing I would say is start praying in faith. Start praying, not not just because it's a religious routine, no. Break out of the routine and, and break down to your knees and say, God, in faith, I am asking you to work and, and pray with a new level, a fresh level of intensity, believing that God can do miracles. And then the third thing is to look 
for the miracles that are already occurring in your life. Look for the miracles that have happened in your history and thank God for them. They're missed opportunities for worship and they're missed opportunities of revelation of who God is. They're missed opportunities to thank God and move closer to him. And so open your eyes to the miracles that God is doing all around us. God can change more in a moment than you can change in a lifetime. I wonder what miracle God is wanting to do around the corner in your life. Can you see it in faith? Can you believe it enough to ask? When you put your faith in God and believe in miracles, God can do more than you can possibly imagine. Right on? Let's pray. Hey God, thank you so much for being a miracle working God. We're just restoring our belief today that you can move the mountains, that God, you can part the seas, that God, you can bring healing, that God, you can do such small micro miracles that we might even not think to ask, but they're, they're acts of grace and provision in our life. God, we're thankful for the miracles that you've done that we are not even aware of, the ways you've protected our lives, that things could have so easily gone a different direction. God, we're thankful for you being a miracle working God. And so God, today we're renewing our faith and belief in you as the miracle worker. And we're asking God, you to move in our life. And whatever our area of pain is, wherever it is where we need you to open our eyes, God, I pray for fresh vision. I pray for insight. I pray for wisdom and discernment. God, I pray for the person who's trying to start a business and they're, they're trying to get it off the ground so they can provide for their family and help other people in the community. God, would you just help them in that work? Do a miracle, provide in a way that only you can do. God, we pray for the person who has a parent who's on their deathbed and, and God, they're asking you to either do the miracle of healing or take them in a, in a pain-free, graceful way because God, it's been so hard for them to watch. And I just pray that God, you do a miracle in that situation and bring comfort and bring wisdom and direction. And God, for all of the unspoken needs in our life, the problems and the pain, God, show yourself as a miracle working God in our life, especially in this season as we seek God. Not so much just your miracles, but we we seek the hand of a miracle working God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you so much for the way that you guide us. We give this week to you and we ask that you'd open our eyes to the miracles. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I had the best time today worshiping and learning with you. You may have made a commitment during service, and we'd love to have you reach out to us. If you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, please go to churchexperience.tv forward slash connect, or just scan the QR code. Want to get even more connected? Check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Now, what a great day it's been today. Can't wait to see you next week.